1: The Unbelievable Podcast. I am B.J. Ardell, back here with my guy, Drew Mahold, and today, well, we haven't spoken in a while. It's been a while since we've (laughs) had a show. A couple things have came up in our schedules. We actually had some COVID concerns on our end, some other things, Um, but everyone's healthy now, and we are back to Vikings football, just in time for the team to kind of take its first step in the age beyond Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. So, we haven't actually spoken uh, since the firing, and to be honest with you, we haven't spoken with you guys since uh, the Vikings played the their 17th game of the year. So um, I don't think there's anything to talk about with the Bears game. Of course, as a result, you know that one didn't really matter at all. But right. uh, as a result of that game and kind of the overall season performance, of course, Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman are both gone, and the Vikings now, as of today, as of this recording on January 26th, have brought in. Kwesi Adolfo Mensa to be the Vikings new general manager. There's a host of other candidates involved for the head coaching spot that has not been selected just yet. So today uh, we're just going to focus on everything, basically everything that has happened, the new direction of your Minnesota Vikings and all of the changes that are basically happening right before our eyes. Uh, it's going to be a completely new era of Vikings football. Um, I think that the, the hiring in and of itself of Quisi, uh kind of gives that impression. So we'll talk a little bit about that uh, the decision to fire Mike Zimmer, the decision to fire Rick Spielman, and as well as some of the coaching candidates that may be on the radar here the next time that we speak. So, Mm -hmm. uh, that's the game plan for today. So let's jump right into it here. Like I said, uh, we haven't gotten a chance to speak much about Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. Of course, both of us have been talking throughout the year, um, about, you know, what they meant to this organization, what they meant to us personally and, you know, our fandom of both of those guys and kind of, uh, I speaking for myself personally, you know, Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman are kind of the, the, the team that I chose to grow up with. Right. Um, I don't really claim Brad Childress as my coach. Um, and I wasn't, I mean, you know, I was too young to really claim a guy like Danny Green or Mike Tice, even if you want to go that far. Um, so these guys being gone, it's weird. It just in and of itself, it's very strange, but it also signals the completely different direction for this franchise. Um, You look at what Spielman and and Mike Zimmer were able to accomplish. There are some, a lot of good things. Of course, you didn't get the super bowl, but you, in theory, can kind of look at this as laying the groundwork for the foundation for the next guys that are going to have this job. And we'll get into that shortly here, but I guess, what are your initial thoughts when you heard that Zimmer was a fit? I I know we thought that it was going to happen, but the news when it actually hit has kind of a different feel to it. It's different as the kids say, uh, when it actually, you know, is front page news on ESPN.
0: Yeah. And so my initial thought, you know, I I kind of thought and looked reflected, I guess, if you will, on on Zimmer's tenure and, you know, the, the, really, the the thing that came to my mind is the way he was able to keep the the ship afloat despite a lot of what I thought was bad luck uh, throughout his tenure, whether it was his eyes, you know, falling apart, or at least the one eye falling apart and needing how many surgeries, whether it was, you know, the franchise quarterback that he helped hand pick in his first draft with the team, uh, you know, basically, a, you know, suffering a career altering injury that forced him out of the organization. Uh, then the next quarterback they come in to replace him very soon after that does the same thing uh, in Sam Bradford, and then ultimately, uh, you can go a bunch of different directions with you know injuries. You can go, um, you know, you had the Blair Walsh miss kick against seattle you had uh the vikings you know going a direction of signing kirk cousins which it seems like zimmer wasn't really a fan of and uh you know the way that played out in the last couple of years with the extension and now how the roster has kind of uh you know fallen apart because of it so there's a bunch of things i think that were going against mike zimmer and yet he still kept this team competitive for if you really want to look at it in his career of the regular season games he coached there's probably three or four that didn't have any meaning to them, meaning that they were in the playoff race for at least 90, 95 higher percent chance or a higher percentage of the games meant something for the playoff race. Right. And so the team was always competitive, always relevant. But now I think you're seeing this ownership uh, and the Wilfs kind of realize, you know, being just relevant, being just competitive for a wild card spot or competitive for that number seven seed is not quite enough for this team, for this fan base. And so I think that's why they made the moves they did. They're trying to accomplish more. And that's a big step forward in my, in my eyes and in my view.
1: Absolutely. Like, of course it's, it's tough to see Zimmer go, or at least for a lot of us, it is. I, I know that there is a, you know, a group of Vikings fans that was ready to see him go and just weren't very fond of him, or, you know, his shtick kind of wore on them or what have yeah. you. But uh, he's still a damn good coach. And Rick Spielman, by the way, also a damn good GM. I think both these guys will be employed in the near future. I don't necessarily know if it's going to be a head coaching position immediately for Mike Zimmer. He definitely has a future in the NFL as a defensive yeah. coordinator if he wants to be. I think the Cowboys are about to have an opening. So I would definitely keep an eye on that for, you know, as far as pertinent news. Uh, but, it, it, it is, it's a, it's a kind of a situation where Zimmer in my eyes, and we talked about this all season long and kind of beat around the bush on it. He's sort of a victim of his own success to a degree, right? He comes in in 2014, the team was in shambles, right? I believe they ranked 31st in total defense or something like that. When he walks in the door within two years, he has a top five unit within three years. He's making the playoffs within four years. He's in the NFC championship. All of a sudden, the Wilfs, if you remember, and I remember vividly because I truly believe that that team was going to the Super Bowl, that team that lost to the Philadelphia Eagles in the 2017 and NFC Championship. The Wilfs basically said in a, a full-blown press release, like, we're going to break this door down. This is going to happen. We need this. We know our fans need this. It's not unusual that an owner comes forth and says something but the whole article was tailored to what Ziggy Wilf and Mark Wilf were having to say about the 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 way that this team was trending and the direction that they wanted to go immediately unfortunately like Drew said Sam Bradford happens um, whole case keenum thing all of a sudden Zimmer's doing more with less right in 2017 yeah. he could have very easily have been coach of the year right he did literally you know, NFC championship level performance with a guy that at least right now is a backup in the NFL. And before and that was also hasn't a backup sniffed in the
0: NFL. it in any other part of his career. Hasn't sniffed right. that. Not success. even
1: close. Wasn't even a capable starting quarterback. And I know he's a defensive guy, but as a head coach, you facilitate everything, whether it's the offense, defense, et cetera. And I know Mike Zimmer's also not the best at doing that for what it's worth. I know there's someone saying that right now. But what happens then is that once you set those expectations and then you are given the resources to succeed, in theory, in Kirk Cousins, right, and you don't get there, you don't do enough, you win one playoff game, you don't ever even get back to that NFC Championship game, you become a victim of your own success. And that's what Mike Zimmer is, is that this team has now gotten to the point where Zimmer laid the groundwork for a team that is believes it's NFC Championship caliber, wants a Super Bowl. That's what the stage that he set. Right, it's the it's the stage that Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, and so forth are setting in Cincinnati right now. Mm-hmm. This team is good enough to be in a championship game to go to the Super Bowl. The next step is only a Super Bowl. So if you don't get there with more resources, in theory, again, it's debatable, but in theory, more resources, more money spent by the wealth wils, you're going to get canned. So it was time to go, and I think that you know it's it's one of those decisions where. You're not going to kind of stick with the status quo, right? This was going to be outside hire yeah. no matter what. I, I understand that you know, Dre Patterson's a great defensive coach. Sorry, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because if anyone that's internal is either going to be you, d- you just need a role, you need a
0: fresh perspective. You just exactly. need a fresh perspective.
1: Exactly, and that's what you're trying to get right now. That's the ultimate goal of this fire. It's not saying this guy is unfit to be a head coach in the NFL. I don't think anyone would say that. Some of the you know the slam pieces that have came out may suggest that he was not a great you know communicator. Yeah. I think that's probably fair to some degree. But ultimately, this is just a, this is basically signaling. All right, you're a good head coach, but right now you're not good enough. We need a different voice. We need a new direction, and that's exactly where the Vikings are heading now.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, it, it and moving forward, I would be surprised if the Kirk Cousins era. Lasts more than 2022. I know the contract he's in right now kind of puts the Vikings in a bit of a bind and puts Adolfo Mensa in a bit of a bind in terms of moving forward. And, and I would be surprised, you know, I imagine he wants to start fresh and kind of move off of that if he can. Uh, But otherwise, you know, 2023 to me signifies really the true new era where there is no Zimmer, there is no Spielman and there is no cousins because I do think uh, looking back at the last four years, And it's, it's weird because in a way I still feel like Kirk Cousins is underappreciated. Like I think as a quarterback, he is, you know, a, a borderline top 10 player comfortably. He's in that, you know, top 12 to 10 ish range. Uh, Very good passer. I think, I think he does get disrespected in general by, you know, the media, the fans, whatever, but with that said, I also think that the decision to sign him, all the guaranteed money, the huge contract ultimately is what led to the unraveling of the team and the roster and the jobs of Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer together as well, just because it became clear, you know, last two years, especially that, you know, the roster kind of fell apart at the seams trying to pay for his, you know, deal with his contract. And then also, uh, you know, feel the roster elsewhere, put a lot of pressure on Spielman to make the right choices, the right draft picks, find the right depth pieces. And it also put a lot of pressure on Zimmer as a coach to develop these guys that Spielman found, especially on the defensive side. And it just didn't pan out. It it was a lot of pressure on those guys to work with very little compared to, you know, what they had pre cousins contract, obviously. And that's just, it's asking a lot of yourself to do that. And so I think that's where the cousins decision backfired. And so now you're, you're seeing the end result. Uh, and, and again, I, I totally understand the decision at the time to go with cousins, best quarterback available. You just went to the NFC championship. I get it, right. but I think ultimately we were all fooled a little bit by this whole quarterback away. You know, they were just a quarterback away notion. Uh, ultimately they had, I don't want to say luck, but a, an, uh, an unsustainable run of success right. in 2017 and and not realizing that I think was ultimately what led to that decision. And, and then, you know, respectively, their 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 jobs and, and to be gone really at the beginning of 2022 here. So I'm excited for the new era. I'm excited for this brand new, fresh approach that mm-hmm. Adolfo Mensah seems to be employing here. Because one of the unique things about him is, as far as I know, he just doesn't, hasn't played any football before. Uh, so that's a whole, I believe he's Basketball the first player, actually, according I, to Chris Thomason, I, at least. Yeah, I believe he's the first, <laughs> you know, front office, you know, employee to have really no football per se experience in terms of playing in his life. He straight up went through the analytics approach, understands the economics of the, of the league understands the statistics of the league and the probabilities percentages. And that's where he's really made an impression. And that's why I'm so excited for this. Cause it seems like that is where the league is going right now.
1: Absolutely. So <clears throat> something to think about. And this directly correlates with, with, with what Drew was saying with the cousins contract and that decision that was made is that, Literally every single decision in the NFL is a gamble, like from yeah. the ownership all the way down to your starting quarterback, middle linebacker who's making the calls, whatever. Any decision that, re- that reflects some level of change in the organization, whether it's minimal in just a game, whether it's you know a first overall pick, whatever, it's all a gamble. And it all basically comes down to how defensible is that gamble? Right, So when you give Kirk Cousins all of this guaranteed money and basically say, we're going to give you everything on this sheet of paper, 100% of it's going your way, we're not going to be able to get out of this, we're completely crushing ourselves if you suck. That's really hard to defend if he sucks. And Mm -hmm. the standard that was set in 2017 was that this team is not going to suck. This team is going to go to the NFC Championship at least. So by not reaching that, that gamble is completely indefensible. You can say the statistics are great. The gamble itself, the decision, did not pay off. It failed. It sucked. You lose jobs when gambles fail in the NFL. That's what happened. It's really that simple. And all of a sudden, now the Vikings are moving into like you just said, Adolfo Mensa, who is analytically wired, math. Uh, I don't. I don't even know how to describe this dude because, he, like you said, he's unique. He's a complete trendsetter. Uh, but he's got two economics degrees. He's got yeah. NFL experience working in clubhouses. Now, uh, yeah. certain different departments. He's known for being a very good facilitator as an assistant general manager. I believe his, you know, the guys that he's worked below have all said that he does a great job kind of having his fingers in everything, but allowing everyone to do their own thing to the best of their ability. But this guy Is a swift turn to the kind of, all right, I see it with my eyes. It looks good. It makes sense to, all right, I see the numbers. 68.6% of the time, this is going to work out this way. 79.2% it's going to work out this way. If we give them this much money, we've got a 46% chance of this happening. Like, it's all calculated, right? This guy is mathematically fitted to, to make decisions based off of numbers, graphs, General
0: statistics,
1: advanced sabermetrics, all of those different types of things, whereas Rick Spielman was known more for being a very good scout, a very good uh, at at gathering information. If you've seen some of the information that's come out about his process over the last couple of weeks since he was terminated, you've seen that he is really good at gathering a lot of good people around him, collecting a lot of written reports and cross-referencing those reports to determine outcomes. Whereas this guy is looking at math. This is a completely different direction. It's a completely new era. They're literally saying, all right, what we did before was fine, but it wasn't good enough. So we're going to do something completely different. And we're literally going to set the standard in the NFL in this regard. Whether it flops or not, I don't know. I don't know enough about Queasy perf- personally, right? I haven't spoken to this guy. I don't think, I... honestly, anyone that has an opinion on this guy that isn't a direct reporter or someone that worked in a clubhouse with him, Your opinion doesn't really mean anything to me right now. It doesn't hold any weight because no one knows anything about him. Hell, he doesn't know who he is as the GM right now. So my point being here is that it's the, the biggest news story to me is the swift turn because it's literally completely different. This is going to be, you know, Queasy facilitating out with. The pieces that he brings in, which I think is going to be very important to keep notes on and to keep tabs on here because he doesn't have that football background, you know, keeping Jamal Stevenson around, for example, bringing mm-hmm. in Catherine Raich, who has been a name, a hot name from Philadelphia. Again, mm-hmm. another person that doesn't have a football background necessarily playing wise, but has more experience with football and has more experience in different areas that Quincy yeah. does not necessarily have. So the staff that he builds around him, is going to tell the tale a lot more than just the individual person. This is not a sole hire. This is a alpha male that is going to be directing a lot of individuals to do the job to the best of their ability based on an analytical approach, which is completely different mm-hmm. than anything we've seen in the NFL, anything we've seen in Minnesota, et cetera. And that's great. That's a good thing for Minnesota. Whether you like this guy based off the slim knowledge that you have or not, it is a good gamble because it's something that is supported yeah. with constructive evidence and it's something that's never been done before. With generally speaking, when you see teams win or do something weird without, you know, with Joe Flacco, for example, or Trent Dilfer as your quarterbacker, name the guy that's not Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, etc., cetera. That team probably did something weird, unique, and unprecedented in order to get to that spot. So, this is the situation that you want to be in. And it's a quality yeah. gamble. It's something that you can defend. It's something that you can say, all right, we're going to try something new. We don't know how it's going to work, but we know that this guy has had success doing what he does. And we know that he's good working with people and builds a good culture. All good things. I like to right. hire a lot.
0: And that's where I like this a lot, too, is because to me, of the kind of the, the strong candidates that emerged for that role, it seemed like he was the highest risk highest reward and I don't say risk in a way to like knock him or make him seem like he could be trouble I don't think that's the case at all it's just I think his approach is so different and so uh you know a much of a change that things could go haywire within the organization but I think if it works out I think the reward is is potentially really great and so that's why I liked about this especially it sounds like it came down to Ryan Poles or Adolfo Mansa and uh, I almost was rooting. I was actually I was I was rooting for Adolfo Mansa to be the choice. And so I, I guess I thank the Bears for kind of poaching poles away so that the Vikings' decision became easier. Because I I do like the full full on analytical approach a little bit more. And it's not that I don't value kind of the old some of these old school football uh, philosophies that Zimmer had. Um, or that, you know, are held throughout the league, uh, as a whole, I, I still think there is a place for that. I still think there's something to be said about, you know, momentum and, and, um, you know, the, the uncalculable kind of advantages of, you know, running the football and the right. attitude that is, you know, held on the field in those situations. I know there's been a lot of talk about that. I think Brandon Staley had a big, a really cool soliloquy about that earlier in the football season, right. but Um, I I think you're seeing it more and more with every team, every organization, all the successful teams that seem to make deep playoff runs nowadays, that the analytical approach uh, seems to be a, you know, a bigger and bigger piece of the puzzle. And I, I think, you know, again, if this doesn't work out, what are the Vikings missing out on? I mean, the last seven years, they've had that old school approach. It's gotten them to one NFC championship where they got absolutely smashed. And otherwise they have been a fringe playoff team for most of the other seasons. So, what's the worst that can happen here you know it's complete complete dumpster fire you miss out on three or four playoff seasons and you start again i mean that's that's the worst that's going to happen here so i love the hire i think the gamble is definitely worth it i i appreciate the wolves the wills excuse me for really changing that approach up trying to mix things up to ultimately get this franchise championship
1: absolutely and so i think the biggest question then becomes is that when you look at this guy on paper quisie adolfo Metzer, right Everything, first and foremost, the thing I want to state that's really, really important, that's easily overlooked, he's super smart, right? Mm -hmm. I know that that's kind of like one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, no shit. He's a general manager. Of course he's smart. No, 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 no. He's like Mensa, Mensa level smart, right? That level of intelligence at the top of the helm with – the ability to communicate effectively with your peers. And
0: he's he's, he's, apparently is an awesome leader too. Exactly. He's got a great sense of of people. Yeah.
1: Yes. He's got a great sense of humor. Apparently when you combine that emotional quotient with an entire intelligent quotient, that's an awesome leader on paper. I love that just in and of itself. The main question that I have relates to what you were saying with his football background, because you don't want to completely erase the past as we've been kind of alluding to here. Like, yes, you want a swift change in direction. You want to take that analytical approach, but you don't want to forget about the things that drew was just talking about those uncalculable aspects of the game momentum, uh, running the football and kind of the wear and tear on your body, the ability that, You know, I think every offensive lineman in in the NFL history will say they would rather run block than pass block simply because it's easier for them and it's easier for them as a unit to build momentum. Little things like that where you can't just build an algorithm around it and understand why, you know, Mm -hmm. Brian O'Neill is having so much more fun playing in this game. It's because he's having a hell of a game run blocking. I don't know. Like you can't build a formula for some of these things. So you need to have the question with him here is then. Can you take your analytics and say, all right, this is a piece of the puzzle. And then we're also going to take what we know about football, the game. And we're going to combine these two things like in a way that no one's ever seen before. We've seen Brandon Staley take steps at this, for example, in, San- or in Los Angeles, Chargers, right? We've seen other guys try and do, you know, some weird stuff where they're just going to go for it every single time. there hasn't been an answer right there's no answer to this problem yet so the biggest question is like all right can you take all of your analytics and your mathematical formulas and all this stuff that goes completely over my head and can you combine that with someone who understands the game of football very very well maybe D'Amico ryans for example which would be a great head coaching candidate a guy that's been tossed around since this hiring and you meld those things together you get two people in a great working relationship And the on-field product becomes something, as I've said a million times this show, completely unique. It's something that has not been done before. If you can do that, you're going to have a chance because if you're doing something that no one else can do or copy or has done before, you're a trendsetter. You're in front of it. um, I don't know how else to say this. You're in a good position for success. Mm -hmm. It's not an easy thing to do. It's easier said than done. But you've got the foundation in place if you bring in the right personnel. That's really the biggest question for me on this guy is that, again, I don't know him. I've never talked to him. I've heard that he's got a great sense of humor. I want to hear him make some press conference jokes first before we determine that or not. Right, But I think that ultimately when you're trying to do something different, you're going to have people go one of two ways. You're either completely on board like I am or you're completely out of it. And you're like, why didn't we hire Ryan Poles? He's a former offensive lineman. He knows how to, you know, he knows how to rebuild this offensive line better than anyone. Like, how could we not get this guy? How do you not beat out Chicago? Those are your two sides right now. Right. And Ryan Poles for what it is, looks great on paper as well. Again, I don't know anything about him. I've never had a conversation with him and he doesn't talk that much in Kansas city. So I don't think that there's a right solution I think both answers are going to look good. And then ultimately it's going to come down to which team has more success five years from now. And then you'll be able to point to one guy and play your hindsight bias and say, all right, well, this is the right hire. This is the wrong hire. But it's a signal that their team is saying, all right, we know this isn't good enough. And that's what we want as fans, right? Like if it's not good enough for us to just make the playoffs anymore, the team has to do something about that. And they just did. I think that that's the best possible solution to appease your fan base, to get this team moving in a different direction, to move into a contemporary 2022 football game. This is the, this is where you start. You start with a guy that's literally uh, on paper, completely unique and has a completely different personality. Than what we saw from Mike Zimmer for sure.
0: Oh yeah. And then moving forward to the head coach higher, it sounds like things are kind of, are going to heat up right away. Should, uh, for yeah. Adolfo Mensa and, you know, like he might've had coach the next week or so. Um, and then, you know, that's another kind of piece to the puzzle here. And you, you kind of alluded to it, but combining his, you know, very numbers based look at the philosophy of, of the game, combining that with a coach, the right coach that, you know, has some of that, you know, it, it acknowledges and appreciates this percentage Uh, you know, approach to the game, right? Because I don't want, you know, another Mike Zimmer in there to combine with that.
1: It doesn't work,
0: right? That won't work, right? Uh, So you want to have someone that appreciates that kind of modern, uh, you know, philosophy of the game, but also someone, like you said, who understands those intangibles. So... Uh, I don't know if that's D'Amico Ryans um, or, you know, Mike McDaniel. Those are the two that have really come up a lot from San Francisco because uh, Adolfo Mensa did work in San Francisco for in player personnel for a number of years. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of questions to be answered yet. I, I think that head coach will be important, but I, I like the fact that he is now here to make that hire based on, you know, where his philosophy is.
1: Right. And I think that was another important thing that, you know, us as a team and Climb in the Pocket discussed was, you know, the idea of who do you hire first when you have no general manager and you have no head coach, right? To make the head – to give you the – the general manager has to come first. It may not necessarily be the most important role. Head coaches tend to have more of an impact on oh, the yeah. success, on-field success of a team. I think there are a few examples of the contrary. But you need a guy in place that can work with you, and that it's not just two great backgrounds, right? It's not just 12 years of experience and eight years of analytical knowledge or what have you it, they've got a mesh in a on a personal level too which is kind of the disconnect that we saw at the end of the Rick Spielman Mike Zimmer tenure I know mm-hmm. there's a lot of reports floating around that Zimmer didn't talk to Spielman for like two months I would love for men for Adolfo Mensa to go out and hire his best friend that's the most qualified that's what I want. That's what I would love to see, whether it's D'Amico Ryans, whether it's Mike McDaniels, you know, Matt O'Connell from Los Angeles has been discussed as well. I think Doug Peterson's actually a fit here. I don't know how the, I don't know if those guys have any connection whatsoever, if they've ever even crossed paths. But uh, you got to find a guy that is going to embrace your overall philosophy in addition to the, the concepts that the, that this coach is going to bring in. Right. Mm-hmm. It's. If it is D'Amico Ryans, I'm going to use him as an example because I think that's my personal favorite. I think that's the best match in my head, right? Again, I don't know anything. I'm dumb as hell. Take it for what it's worth. (laughs) But you look at what D'Amico Ryans brings. All pro caliber linebacker, middle linebacker as well. So a guy that was calling defenses on the fly throughout his career, playing in Houston, which is not an easy place to win. And he found a place to, he found a way to win towards the end of his career, right? And he also has great relationships. He's younger, right? On the younger side of things, he could still theoretically be playing if he was Tom Brady in terms of like, you know, just alien ability, right? He has great relationships with everyone that he's worked with in the past. No one said a negative thing about this guy. He doesn't have a complex to any of our knowledges, right? This isn't a guy who has been in a position of power before that feels like he needs to control everything. I think that everything that we know about D'Amico Ryans, in addition to the fact that he has worked, with Adolfo Mensa in the past, those two work well in terms of synergy because Adolfo Mensa can say to him, Hey, I like this approach from an analytical side. And D'Amico Ryan's can be like, All right, you know what? I played X amount of years in the NFL. I don't think that actually works. I think that that's one of those weird numbers where it makes sense on paper, but you put it on the field and it doesn't really pan out the same way. And they can have that discussion mm-hmm. instead of two sides kind of butting heads again. Sort of what we saw from Zimmer and Spielman towards the end. I don't think Adolfo Mensa is stubborn. I guess that remains to be seen. And I don't think D'Amico Ryan's is stubborn either. So I think that that's a good combo, especially because they're both first timers too. They have no complex. They have no history to be basically say like, "Well, I won twelve games in Philadelphia and won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles." There's no like, there's no one saying like, "All right, I got this resume. I'm right. You're wrong. Shut the hell up." That's that. It's not. It's not going to happen if you hire a first time head coach, if Mm -hmm. you hire a guy who is an NFL player that has a different background, but also an understanding of what you're trying to do, because he's also been working in San Francisco, which is on kind of the right side of this contemporary approach to the NFL with some great mixes in with, you know, the run first approach, things like that, that are old school NFL. So D'Amico Ryan is already familiar with, quote, the process. I think that he's a good fit in that regard. I think if you hire Ryan Poles, for example, we've already seen what's kind of panned out in Chicago in terms of what they're, what they're looking at. You know, Dan Quinn, I think is the favorite to be their head coach right now. We've seen what his system is. We've seen what kind of guy he is. He's always a former head coach. It's a completely different standard, right? If you, because you brought in this guy, you're asking basically for a blank sheet of paper from your head coach and say, all right, we're going to weld together. We're going to try to make this thing work. And if it works good, if it's not, I will be fired. That's okay. That's the approach that I think that you want to have. It's okay for us. We're
0: not going to be fired, but they would be fired, (laughs) but they get to make millions of dollars in
1: the process. So
0: I mean, that's what they have to do though. That is the process that they have to take here. And I think that's where they're on their way. Uh, But I, I guess to summarize the whole thing, I, I, I'm just very grateful as a fan that they're, they've noticed that they kind of, I don't want to say messed up because it just didn't pan out. I guess is the better term that this, this last, four years, you know, the cousins decision made a big part of that, but also just the partnership of Zimmer and Spielman, you know, it had high hopes for a while there uh, for a couple of years there, but I, I ultimately didn't pan out and it wasn't going to get much better. And I, they saw that happening. So I, I appreciate that they noticed that and they've completely changed the direction in terms of the philosophy that the franchise has. And I think moving forward, it's at the very least, it's a great risk to take. Um, and at the very most, it could be a huge, huge win for the franchise, to potentially lead to that first Super Bowl. Uh, again, that's uh, pie in the sky talk right now, but sure. there's a lot of things that have to happen before that. But there's, there's, you're starting to form a a clear goal, a clear mission, a clear step by step process to get there, and that's that's enough for me right now as a fan.
1: I think it's important to establish an identity early too. Right. And I think the Vikings, just by signing on the dotted line with Kwesi Adolfo to have established an identity that they're going to be an analytically based team, an economically mm-hmm. based team, a savvy team. And I think they've got some good guys in the front office to pair with them as well. Right. Like, I mean, if you think in economics, I mean, who's better at managing the salary cap than Rob Brzezinski? Like if you're able to retain him, like how much of a powerhouse is those two guys working together in some, in some capacity, again, they're going to have to mesh emotionally as well. There's going to be some character things. There's going to be some, I've been here for X amount of years. Like, should I just leave and try to find a new job with the new regime? Like all of these things have to be worked out still. But like, if the pieces all fine kind of fall into place here, you've got a lot of really smart people that if they can work collaboratively, in theory, the results are going to be a lot better. So there's going to be a lot of consequences to this though, right? We've already seen kind of the main consequence. This is how I want to wrap up the show today of Spielman and Zimmer being relieved of their duties. Uh, we saw reports that Spielman was in theory, like offered options to be remained with the team in a different capacity. All rumors, of course, nothing that was, you know, set in stone, uh, but they wanted to completely clean house so they could truly start fresh. And by starting fresh, not only are you losing your head coach and you're, general manager the guy that's been with the organization since what 2006 or something like that in Spielman you're also shifting direction in what's going to work for the on-field roster Uh, there's going to be turnover just inherently because the process is going to be different therefore what the product that you're putting out in the field is probably going to be different as well I, I mean if you look at a guy that who has an undergraduate degree from what's it Stanford uh, and then a master's degree as well from Stanford, both in economics, I believe is what it is, and correct me if I'm wrong, with Adolfo Mensa, how could he possibly say that Dalvin Cook's contract is a good idea, right? Like if you're looking at well, a guy that has an economic well. philosophy and is w- like working in contemporary new age NFL and be a firm believer that the passing game is more important in terms of gaining yardage and uh, moving the ball more efficiently down the field, Things like that, like Delvin Cook's contract has to be figured out like almost immediately. It's one of the first things you think about. I know Kirk Cousins is the obvious one, but he's the quarterback in place regardless. The running back can change. You can make these differences. You can do yeah. little things to tweak salary around, and you know it's not a fully guaranteed deal, so there's a little bit more things that you can do there. Elephant um, in you the room. You have more leverage to do what you want if you move money around in the right way. And I just, that's the first thing that popped into my mind was like, how the hell is a guy that's economics-based, analytics-based going to look at Delvin Cook's contract and be like, that's a good idea. So I think that that's one of those first things that's got to be figured out here because you've got a couple of guys in, you know, Madison who I, uh, whatever. And, you know, Kane Wangu, of course, who just, you know, won special, special teams rookie of the year. Uh, You've got some things that you can move around there. You've got the quarterback position in Kirk Cousins. You still have Kellen Mount on the roster, despite what Mike Zimmer thought about him. Uh, You've got, I believe, a 12th overall pick. So you've got some draft resources to do things with. Uh, There's going to be significant changes. So I guess my question to you then is, what are the changes that you would like to see? And what are the changes that you think are going to happen within this first calendar year? as a result of just the GM being hired, keep in mind, right? These are truly bold predictions yeah. because you don't even know what's necessarily in place without a head coach just yet. You have an idea maybe, but things will change with each individual hire as well.
0: Uh, yeah. I, well, I guess the big one that I see coming is I think her cousins does not play for the Vikings in 2022. I think that is, uh, I don't know if that's a hot take or not, uh, but I just think, when you hire a new GM and probably, I mean, and a new head coach and probably a new offensive coordinator and, you know, a whole new staff for the most part, it sounds like really, you know, a couple of coaches like Keenan McCardell is gaining a bunch of respect from the receivers to stay. But you're going to mostly have a new staff and a new front office, or leader in, in, in Adolfo Mensa. You're going to want to start over at the most important position. And, and unless he and the staff are all big Kirk Cousins fans, it seems to me like you'd want to get moving on you know, changing the direction there as quick as possible. So, and I know the draft isn't filled with studs, a quarterback or or whatever, but I think that's the first step uh, into really building this thing. So uh, that's my hot take, I guess, um, is that Kirk cousins will play elsewhere, whether that's a trade with Denver or Pittsburgh or Indianapolis or wherever else, Cleveland, I I guess that would make sense. Uh, But whatever it it is, I think, I think that's the first step and that would then truly allow him to set the tone for what he wants to do with this franchise.
1: That's an important thing to note as well, too, is that with a new GM comes new relationships, right? Like, all of a sudden, you no longer have basically any ties to Denver, for example, right? Like, over the last couple of years, Uh, we've been like, all right, Rick Spielman's best buddies with George Payton. Maybe they'll swap quarterbacks and the Vikings will start over whatever all of a sudden it's different, right? And like now you have your relationships are based in Cleveland and San Francisco. And, um, I believe those are really the two major ones for him. And then of course you'll see what happens with the head coaches as well, but you no longer have the bill Parcells hanging over your shoulders either. Right. There's not, and there's, there's going to be no more phone calls after a tough game to bill Parcells, figuring it to figure out what to do next. That, that's different. A lot of things are going to change that we don't really think about. Um, for me, I, I'm with you. I don't I don't necessarily know if it's going to be immediate with Kirk Cousins, but I don't foresee him getting any sort of contract extension. I think that there's going to be a slower changing of the guard. Uh, but I think the biggest things that are going to happen here is I think you're going to retain Stevenson and Brzezinski. Those two guys will stay in your front office. I don't know if literally anyone else stays. That's kind of where I'm at, because I think mm-hmm. you need to literally bring in different departments now because it's no longer just like every team has the, an analytics the, the, the structure
0: of the staff will change
1: exactly right. Like every team has an analytics department, right? Some of them have one person. Some of them have 30, this front office in theory, you know, again, I'm totally guessing here. I don't know what I'm talking about, but they're probably going to have a bigger analytics department. More people, more money is going to be distributed to the analytics and research department, as opposed to, some different area that I can't think of right now. Right. And you're going to see major, major shifts, whether they hire a defensive coach, head coach or not, you're going to have to hire an offensive coordinator. If they hire an offensive guy, they're going to fire a defensive coordinator. There's going to be all of these different changes. So for me, the one inevitable thing is dramatic change across the board from the top down. You just made the first decision. Now there's a wave that's going to follow. I don't think anyone other than Stevenson and Brzezinski survives. That would be my kind of my, my, uh, bet as to what's actually going to happen. Kind of my bold take and what I would like to see happen is I would love to see them literally start fresh, like on the field as well. Right. I know it's difficult to get out from underneath some of these contracts, but what I would like to see happen is for example, Anthony Barr's contract, just figure a way out of it. Get out of that one, start over, take the dead of money, whatever. Harrison Smith. I, I know it's blasphemous to say this, Ready to start over there too. Just start over straight from the top. Like, okay, this guy's aging. He's getting paid a lot of money. Get off from underneath that one. See you later. I love Harrison Smith. I love Anthony Barr. Let's start fresh. Let's start completely new. Let's build this thing from the bottom up and mm-hmm. kind of see what pieces we got left, right? Dalvin Cook. If he doesn't want to take a salary cut or some something like that, I'm not paying this guy 15, $20 million a year to play 10 games in a 17-game season. Got to go. doesn't make sense economically. Got to go. Overall, I think what I would love to see is just a complete rebrand of everything. Start over from scratch, get bring in a couple free agents, draft a couple guys, take what, you know, Cincinnati has done in the form of, all right, we're going to draft guys for a couple of years, we're going to wait to get our guy, then we're going to build around that individual guy and then we're going to sign a big money free agent to play a premier position. That's what I would love to see happen. Get rid of everything else, see what's left over and then fill the pieces after that. That's what I would love to see happen because I like that it doesn't make sense to me to have a run first oriented offense with a guy that probably doesn't believe the run is the optimal yeah. way to score the football.
0: Well, and also you have to uh, at least one top five receiver and probably another top 20 ish receiver yeah. on your roster as well. Right. Wasting under those good guys with a run too, by first offense seems, you know, yeah. Under good contracts. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of reasons to go away from that run first type of thing and that's why Diggs wanted out <laughs> and uh you know it's paying off for him with uh, some career numbers in buffalo
1: yeah absolutely all right so i think we've covered as much as we could in about 45 minutes or so since the last time that we spoke is there anything that we did not touch on whether it was the termination of mike Zimmer, or the end of the 2021 campaign for the vikings at least all the way up to what we know as of right now is that Kuisia Doffa Mensah will be the next general manager of the Minnesota Vikings Uh, and the first black general manager in 61 years as well, by the way, studying a trend in that regard as well, which is a good thing. Regardless of how you look at it, I know everyone, I know there's someone out there screaming, I don't care what he looks like as long as he's qualified. Cool. But this, the reason we bring these things up is because it sets a standard, right? And it's setting, you're bringing a completely different culture in that has never happened before. And that in, a, in itself is a good thing, period. Is there anything else mm-hmm. that
0: we missed? I did want to point out, uh, well, depending on the, the Rogers decision, I know we've been waiting on that forever, <laughs> but the NFC North could be ripe for the taking for the next three, four five years. Um, if Rogers ends up leaving, I know the Packers are in a real bind right now. So, There is a real opportunity for whoever the next head coach is, plus Adolfo Mensa, to make a really nice impression on the fan base by winning the division, perhaps next year or the year after that, and taking it for the long haul. If they can make a couple of these early decisions count, because I think the Packers will be in a tough spot. The Lions are still the Lions. The Bears are probably still in a tough tough spot themselves unless they really find some pieces for Justin Fields. Uh, there's real opportunity there. So uh, I think there's a lot to be excited about, despite how things might look kind of gray uh, over the last couple of years.
1: What is the, we'll finish up with this. What is the number one thing that the Vikings have to do that they can control, right? Not necessarily Aaron Rodgers leaving the division. Cause obviously that's the easiest way to get this team to, you
0: know, to you got to get, get, get Kirk out of there um, or, 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 you know, somehow force him to agree to a much cheaper deal. That is, I don't know, maybe 10 to 15th in terms of average annual value among quarterbacks. And I don't think he'll agree to that, but if he does great, awesome. If he doesn't, then you move on because I don't think you can consistently compete for a championship by paying Kirk cousins, 40 plus million dollars a year, which is what it would probably take on an extension. So that's, I think the the big thing for me is moving on there and trying to find something else.
1: Yep. uh, Kind of related note there, rookie quarterback contract. That is the number one thing that the Minnesota Vikings can do for themselves is getting a quarterback. And I don't, this again, a lot easier said than done, but getting a competent starting quarterback, hell, it could be Justin Fields level. If you, as long as you use them the right way, right? Just get a quarterback. That's going to, that you don't have to pay that huge price tag. That's how you win this division. If Aaron Rodgers leaves, retires, does whatever the hell Aaron Rodgers is doing. I don't, that's how Carson
0: Wentz, uh, you know, that's how the Eagles won the Super Bowl with the Carson Wentz contract. I mean, their roster was loaded outside of quarterback position. Right. That's how the Chiefs won a Super Bowl. I mean, again, that's an extreme example is drafting Patrick Mahomes. You know, that one way right. to win. Of course. Uh, but, that I mean, you see it all across the league now. These guys, these teams, they find success. They make deep playoff runs. The Bengals are doing it right now uh, making deep playoff runs by building that, that roster around their franchise quarterback. That they just drafted and kind of banking on that guy to, to perform. And that's, I think to me, the number one model in, in winning right now. So that's what I'm hoping that this regime does. Yeah.
1: It'll be fun. You know, there is some sadness that goes into the end of an era and there's also a lot of excitement I think, you know, a lot of the people out there that love the draft, for example, like this is not a situation where we know literally anything about draft tendencies for this for this regime. So the next few months are going to be a lot of fun. Um, of course, you know, the coaching hiring circle is going to be a lot of fun, and it will heat up after this NFC championship game, because I believe, at least in my you know personal, probably incorrect opinion, that the major three head coaching candidates for your Minnesota Vikings are on the field for this NFC championship between the Los Angeles Rams and San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, a lot is going to develop over the next 10 days or so. And then you're going to see a very interesting, different process that no one has anything to fall back on other than just to be like, Oh, well he's drafted uh, Baker Mayfield, right? No, 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 this is completely different. You're going to have a completely different look. Um, there's very little to go on. It should be, it should be exciting. It's, you know, it's brand new. I think that that in and of itself is going to be a lot of fun. So, um, We will be here throughout the off season to go through all of this stuff with you guys Uh, should be an interesting off season to say the least. We'll be back next week. Hopefully by that point in time, uh, the Vikings will have, will at least have some level of news for who the next head coach is going to be. So that's going to be kind of the, not the next primary discussion that we will be having on the show. And then we'll kind of figure it out after that, of course. Uh, with a new regime comes a lot of new news stories and new developments, and of course, there's some things that we talked about today that may pan out, but there's also some stuff that I'm not even thinking about that will probably be, you know, get Friday news dumped on us as well. So there's a lot of changes up front. We're looking forward to that. Uh, we're looking forward to talking about that throughout the off season. So, uh, as always, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, uh, wherever else you listen to your podcasts that's where you can find us. Um, uh, daily Norseman is our home. Climbing the pocket is our squad. If you don't like listening to drew or myself, the rest of the team is pumping out in content, content in a lot of different formats whether there's podcast video. I think they're doing Twitter spaces now, which again, I, I feel like I'm getting old now because I don't know anything about Twitter spaces, <laughs> but they're doing that stuff. Right. Uh, you know, we've got the YouTube channel as well. If you prefer to watch us uh, for whatever reason, you have the opportunity to do that as well. Um, thank you guys for listening. And thank you for bearing with us too, since it has been roughly a month. since the last time you saw us, but uh, we will be more consistent moving forward. That's our game plan. So thank you as always for listening and we'll catch you guys next week.